Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, small more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And we have, oh, we were looking forward to this show. The show about people who buy multiple businesses and then sell them, and we affectionately call them flippers. Uh, You've certainly seen uh, all kinds of A&E TV shows that talk about flippers, or I don't even know. I don't watch that much TV. Is it A&E? But, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV either. But HGTV too. I know there's some there's some fix and flip shows on HGTV for real estate, right? Right. So we, you know, actually, I was contacted by someone in Hollywood that wanted to make a show about buying and selling businesses, but they wanted us to, you know, be able to buy and sell a business in five days. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It's not going to work. So what's a flipper? I mean, yeah. you know, what is it? So a flipper, I mean, it's, it's almost the exact same thing as what happens in real estate, but obviously, you know, not to the level of number of people doing it, but it's it's a buyer who buys a business because of specific reasons, um, knows that they can increase the value over time and then sells it. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what does a typical flipper look like? And we've got uh, three interviews today with some flippers and a broker that ro- works with flippers very closely, but that's basically what it is. It's, it's a business buyer that's looking for a business they business that they can fix and flip and profit off of in a number of years. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, not many of these people. I mean, we have obviously great people that come to Transworld and, you know, Tom Jones is one of my interviews and Tom's been with Transworld actually longer than I have. He taught me the business. He's an amazing broker, very calm, very, uh, you know, analytical and knows how to help people in this process. And so he has a few flippers that he works with. And one of them is Jason Scher. And he does, and Jason is, uh, again, a great guy to talk to. And you're going to hear from all of them. But, you know, I can't believe there's not more of these people. I know. I mean, like, this is such a, such a great opportunity. And, you know, we've watched people like Jason and I interview um, Chris Vorfel, who, who's been a flipper with us for a number of years and actually now a broker on our team. But they do so well in this business. And it's just a great opportunity because there's a lot of undervalued assets and companies out there to buy that you can grow over time. And, you know, Andy, you and I were talking about if more people don't get into this business, we might be tempted to do so. There's just so many opportunities. Yeah, there's a ton of opportunities and there's going to be more opportunities. So, you know, if the all the numbers out there by the prognosticators come true, that baby boomers are going to come to market in mass, there's actually some predictions that the, you know, there won't be enough 
uh, buyers out there in the world, enough skilled buyers, enough buyers with capital. So what does that do? It might drive down prices, number one. Number two, it'll give opportunities to small businesses to go out there and buy businesses. Yeah. And you can almost like, if you're a small business owner, you can almost think of your broker as like your VP of development or your outsourced M&A department that can help you build your company over time through acquisition, which is going to increase the value of it. Because like we've talked about in valuation, the larger a company gets or the larger the SDE and EBITDA, that's when those multiples really start to move. So if you grow by acquiring some of these other companies, you're really going to increase the value of your business significantly over time. Yeah, we talked about quality and quantity of earnings drive multiples. So if the quantity, if you buy a business that makes $100,000, $200,000 and you grow it to something that makes five hundred dollars to a million, guess what? You're going to grow the multiple and you're going to make a lot of money. And we've seen, we've seen the buyers that we're introducing today on the show uh, do this over time and time again. We've seen people, our BNI and uh, networking groups come to us and help us build their businesses and hopefully come to us uh, when they sell them. And oh yeah. And that's the other thing, right? If you want to do this, if you want to become a flipper, certainly listen to the show today, but you're going to need a good business broker by your side and you're going to need to be loyal. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, so a, a few great things that, you know, Chris and Jason bo- both brought up is they're always looking at deals and they're always working with their broker. Um, you know, Chris jokes about that. He works so closely with us. He ended up joining his team and he still has some flipping on the side. But we talked to Chris pretty much on a monthly basis and he was always looking at our deals. And he, he said to me, you know, you guys knew that my business was always for sale. So they talk a little bit about, you know, what does flipping look like and how long do they hold a company and, and, and it typical is about three to five years, but I think it was interesting that Chris brought up like his business was always for sale and he was always looking for the next investment as well. Yeah. And for the most part, I haven't seen these guys have any losers or very few. And, you know, they kind of uh, move on quickly or resell it um, and, and sell it to somebody else. And not that it's a bad business, it just didn't fit them. And so, you know, Jason talks about the most important thing to him. It isn't even price. I know Chris talks about price a little bit, but Jason's like, it's not even price. It's about him bringing his talents to the business. I know. Chris talked about the same thing. You know, well, how can they increase the value? And it's almost like, it's funny when you say that, Andy, it's almost a different mindset, right? When they're looking at buying and selling businesses, they're looking at, at them as financial assets. They're not looking at the business as their baby or something that they're going to spend their entire life doing. They're, they're looking at it as a financial asset. And when it no longer fits them, they're going to sell it off. Yeah. Or they've reached the, you know, the financial capacity that they have or the, you know, their, their knowledge base or their skill base, uh, to, to the level that they, they've reached the highest level that they want to take it. And they, they sell it to somebody else. And you, again, they are opportunistic and they're always kind of looking out there in the marketplace and, uh, and they're looking at businesses and there's tons of businesses out there that, you know, we always say, and we've said this a lot, do you think there's more bad businesses out there or bad business owners out there? Very, very true. <laughs> bad business owners. I'm not going to answer I'll that I'll answer question. it. There's more yeah, bad well, business owners. <laughs> so there's, pl- or, or not even bad business owners, business owners that have lost uh, their passion, business owners that have lost the financial capability, business owners that, you know, don't have the energy anymore or the youth. And there's plenty of, of room for improvement in these businesses. Businesses that aren't keeping up with technology. 
Yeah. And then, and then there's the whole, you know, we talk about that a lot of buyers are first time buyers. There's also a lot of business owners that get into business and realize they don't want to be entrepreneurs. So there's a ton of opportunities for acquisition. Yeah. So if you want to be a flipper, today's your day. <laughs> you're going to listen to this. You're going <laughs> yeah. to listen to this program and walk away and call up a transworld business advisor, hopefully a transworld business advisor, and you're going to become best friends with them because guess what? They get the first phone calls too, right? Yeah, they get the first phone calls as soon as we get a new deal in the market that we know is going to fit a flipper. That broker's calling that flipper and they're getting the first shot at it. Um, and that's just kind of how it works in our business. Yeah, because they know they pay, they know they get a deal done, and they know they're serious. So, uh, it, you know, so yeah. it's it's all good. Uh, just listen. It, it's a great show. So with that, let's get started. Yeah, let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Well, welcome back, everybody. And today, like we said, we're talking to people who are business fix and flippers. And one of the fix and flippers that I've known the longest is on the line with us now. I have Chris Warfel, who's actually now a business broker in our Denver office, but has done a number of fix and flips um, in his previous life. So Chris, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jess. Appreciate it. Yeah. Why don't you just give the listeners a bit of an introduction and kind of a mini background about yourself? Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm 48 years old, and I've owned nine businesses. Um, you know, worked. You know, a- any single, any job you can think of, I've done before I started my first uh, business. Um, you know, and you, you decide in your early 20s, at least I did, to want uh, want to work for myself and uh, move forward. And my my main goal was I wanted to challenge myself. And, um, I, you know, I originally grew up in Maryland and Jersey, uh, and then I moved to Florida and then I've been here in Colorado for about 14 and a half years. Um, and I've owned businesses, uh, in all those States except for Jersey. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to move forward and, uh, start the, uh, start to fix and flip. I, it was tough for me to keep a career, you know, more than three years because I got tired and I, I wanted to challenge myself. Um, and that was one of the things when I finally sold my last business, uh, was come to come work for Transworld in Denver. Um, cause if I could do this for the rest of my life and I feel like something's always new with a new business and I feel like that I'm part of owning that business and I can help them sell along with helping out the buyers. And it's a challenge for, for each business listing that you have and everything's different. Not one's the same. And I, that's why I feel like I can do this for the rest of my life. Well, that's good. Awesome. Awesome. And that's, I mean, it kind of answered my first question, but great intro. So my first question is really looking back at when you bought your first business, you know, why did you choose to buy that business? Was it because you're looking for a new challenge or something different in your life? Or why did you decide to go the route of buying a business at that point? Yeah, actually, in the beginning, I started up my own businesses. Um, and the very first one I started was a private personal training business. And I was a I was the head trainer 
for Gold's Gym in Maryland uh, for three of them. So I was bumping all around. I had all these clients. And I'm like, yikes. Um, you know, I should start one on my own. I wouldn't take any, you know, the clients you know, away from Gold's Gym. That was something that we discussed, me and the owners. And, you know, we, we ended on great terms. And, you know, so, some of the people came with me. Some of it was a little too far where I had my studio. Um, but that, that was that was exciting. Um, you know, when you're making a good amount of money and then all of a sudden you go out on your own. But, uh, you know, one thing I would tell people, if you're going to do something on your own, make sure you either have another career or you have enough money in your bank account that you're going to be able to last, you know, I would say at least a year. Um, but that, that one was nice. And, and, I, and if I recall correctly, literally the second two, um, I started on my own as well, too. And, and then, um, you know, I, I bought, you know, then I bought from there. So, um, but when I was, when I was looking, I'm not I'm going too forward here or not, when I, when I was looking to buy, I was looking to buy something that was not doing as well. And a lot of people don't like to do that. You know, they want the cash flow. They want something to do really good. Well, I was looking for something that wasn't doing good because I had the confidence that I could build it up. And I always want, once again, like I said before, had something else going on. So I was bringing in another income so I could afford to lose money for the next couple months and build up that business. And that's part of what I said earlier as well, too, was the challenge. You know, I'd go in and find something that wasn't doing so good, lowball them uh, for, for the price, and then get in and, and then move from there. And it, it, it was pretty – I would say out of those nine, seven of them were good. Two of them had just uh, – one, I lost money. One, I evened out. But that, that was okay. You can't, can't be successful in all of them. So it's so very interesting. So then when you're looking for, let's call these distressed businesses um, with the right opportunity, were you looking or did you know that your purpose in purchasing these businesses was to build them up and then sell them for a profit a couple of years down the road? Not until my third one. Uh, the first two, I just, you know... You know, I just wanted to start something and, and you know challenge myself and you know be the be that successful guy. My father was a business owner. He owned the second business, uh, second biggest alarm company in Maryland. Uh, his best friend owned the biggest one. So um, I, I always wanted to be as success, uh, successful as my father. Uh, and he did offer me the business when I was nineteen, but I was just too young at that time. I, I wish I would have. I would have been retired by now, but uh, it was just it wasn't for me. Um, so you know that's why I, I reached out and branched out and uh, just got these other ones. And I I never owned the same biz type of business twice, just because I wanted to challenge myself. And that's why I like the business brokerage uh, because you. you I mean, yeah, you'll get the same business down the road here and there, but they're all different. And I like that challenge of selling them. Interesting. Interesting. So never the same business twice. And I know you've had a number of different businesses from a smoke shop to nail salons to, you know, doggy daycares. So, you know, when you went through some of these sales, you know, how did it go? And were there any surprises when you went to sell these businesses once you had fixed them up? Um, you know, they all went pretty well. I mean, you never, you never get what you're asking for. No one's ever going to, you know, offer you that. And that's fine. I did the same thing. So I understand that. And that's why I explained to my sellers, you know, here at Transworld now, be prepared for that. So, and that's where we go with the negotiation. I think the biggest surprise that I had was my doggy daycare, uh, and, and actually sold that with Transworld here in Denver. Um, and uh, we were sitting at the table with the with the seller, uh, and then the broker Matt Prescott, um, and and 
the um, landlord and we're all getting ready to sign everything. And the landlord goes, yeah, just so you know, your rent's going up 360 something dollars. So the seller and the broker's base just dropped. And I was just like, you know what? I understood that because it was a hot area, the Rhino District endeavor. It was only growing and getting bigger. I knew that they were going to fix it up. The, you know, the landlord knew that he could get that money, if not from me, from someone else. But that was that was kind of, you know, one of those things I'm like, I didn't incorporate that into uh, my, my bills and, you know, what, what money I need and all that. But it ended up being okay and, and it was well worth it. Right, right. And, and because you had the experience in owning previous businesses, you knew that was kind of... I would say a risk, but something that could definitely happen, you know, in negotiations with a landlord and a seller. It's always going to happen. You know, I, I mean, I very rare seen it, even, you know, if you're with the trans world you, where the rent's going to stay the same, it's, it's going to go up something and with it, with the market here in Denver, of course, it's just going to keep on going. So you just hope it's not going to be astronomical for the buyer and they say no. So, but yeah, you always assume that. Right, right. And actually, we do have we have two great episodes on landlord and lease, uh, lease issues that I'll refer back to. I think there are episodes um, two and three for listeners if you want to learn more about the lease issues. So, Chris, you've had a lot of great advice so far in this interview, but if there are people out there that are thinking about doing fix and flips, what would be some key pieces of advice that you would give them while they're looking at you know, distressed businesses or maybe even profitable businesses that they're going to fix up and sell? Yeah, definitely. Um, f- find out something. If you're not too confident of getting into something you don't know anything about, just try to find something that you're somewhat familiar about, uh, bu- business-wise talking. Um, you make sure you're in that right area that's either, you know, real busy now or it's 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 a growing area and you know if that business isn't doing well find out why it isn't doing well um you know that was one thing i did with my businesses you know like you know i wanted to see why you know demographics around it if it was a family-based business you know if it was more for the older generation or younger generation um you know you what, what, you know, if you're going to decide to buy, let's just say if it was a retail store for, I don't know, kids, maybe, you you know, when you do your research, you're like, okay, that's great. It's doing okay for kids, but there's a lot of adults. So you might want to bring in some adult stuff, stuff like that. So definitely do, do your, do your uh, due diligence on finding what would work in that store. And I've done that a couple of times with, with my businesses. I know for a couple of retails, you know, you, you change it up and some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. You just got to find out what it is and change is good too. People, people like that, uh, bringing in the, the new stuff or something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely see what's around you, see how much growth potential it has, see where you're going to be, um, you know, how much the landlord's going to go up in so many years, uh, so you can be prepared for that, uh, and if it's possible, you can you know turn it into you know make it your own franchise and build it that way. That's a great idea too. Well, great advice. You know, do your research, look for opportunity. Change is good. All great stuff. And Chris, before we let you go, since you are a business broker now, if anyone wanted to reach out to you to talk to you about acquiring a business or even doing one of these fix and flip projects, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, you can reach me, uh, Chris W at tworlddenver.com. Um, or you, if you want, you can give me a call at 
8671. Uh, I love to talk about it. And, and that's one of the things I love about business brokerage is trying to help um, the buyers and the sellers. And especially I, I love talking to the buyers and trying to help them out of how they can build a business. And that's what I do. I usually sit down with them if, if they want and like, hey, let's go this route, go this route, try this and try this. And I'm, I just did that with a a floral shop that I just sold and um, she was just ecstatic of all the ideas that I had for her and, and we're still keeping in touch. Sold that a couple months ago and she's just doing that much better. So yeah, please, please. I'd love to talk to anyone about that. Great. Great. Well, we'll put that in the show notes too. Chris's contact information for all those listeners that would like to reach out and learn more from Chris. But Chris, thank you so much for joining us today and have um, a great day. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Jess. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Hey, we're back with the deal of the week, and we're here with Aaron Bean talking about a recent sale of a furniture store, and it sounds like a great deal. And again, we always talk about good deals for good people. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about this furniture store and who bought it and how much? So uh, it was a furniture store in um, down here in South Florida that specialized in basically selling used furniture, um, mostly from um, antiques and very eclectic type of pieces that were in you know high end homes, a lot of Palm Beach Island homes, and um, great business in business for fourteen years. Uh, the seller was retiring; her kids had gone to college, and she really loved the business, um, but she wanted to basically sell. And so we found a, a really great buyer with excellent retail background um, who came in and actually partnered with the, the seller who continued to buy for the store um, over a period of time that was agreed upon. And it was SBA financed, excellent books and records. Um, and the deal sold for $450,000. It included $100,000 worth of inventory. And the business made um, historically about $200,000 a year. And was very scalable, obviously, based on the um, inventory that they were selling. So it was an excellent business. The buyers um, have since come in and revamped the website, and they're super happy about it. And uh, they're going forward into this great season um, down here as we go into the next couple months. Sounds like a great deal. About two times with, uh, and I think about 20% down for the buyer. So about $70,000 or a little bit less, um, you know, 15, 20% for the buyers. A seller hold it held a note to, uh, and the SBA was very happy with that. So it sounds like a win, 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 good deal for good peoples. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Welcome back, everybody. And we are with Jason Scher, and he is from, uh, he's bought several businesses from Transworld, one of Transworld's uh, most favorite customers, of course. And obviously he keeps buying businesses from us, but he's, He's one of those people that out there is an incredible entrepreneur, able to see value in businesses and able to build them and eventually sell them. So um, I just wanted to have a conversation with Jason, Jason today to talk about, you know, his experiences and how he does things and why. And, and so, Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning. Nice to be here. So, Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do or what you look for as far as when it comes to making an investment or going out there and looking for something, what your, you know, whatever is going to be your next gig? Well, try to find things that I'm comfortable with. Uh, so I look for businesses that have a recurring revenue model, uh, things that I can understand. 
and try to find things that I can have the most impact on. So, uh, for instance, recently we purchased a business where Transworld helped us find. It's a service business where we can market the product, or in this case, service um, ourselves and not be so dependent on other people to do it for us. So I know there's been a big trend in outsourcing work over the last five to 10 years, but uh, when you lose that control, you there's a lot of things that go along with it that um, help devalue your company in the long term. So that's a great, great points. Obviously, when you're going out there to look to buy a business and, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, hey, I want recurring revenues. I want this. I want that. And you seem to be able to cut through and actually make decisions. I think that's important. And I think that's an important distinction that you have over other people that you're really decisive. And I mean, you're willing to take risk. How important is that to you? Well, I think it all depends on how you define risk. Um, To me, betting on myself is more conservative than having me rely on someone else making decisions for me. So I think it's really the outlook, uh, more so than just looking at it as, hey, I'm putting a pile of money into this thing. Can it work? I mean, you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself. Uh, it may not always work out. Um, to date, it has, but it, you know there are going to be failures. You have to plan on the failures, but the other question is, if you do fail, you can't be afraid to fail, and you got to learn from those mistakes and move on and get them the next time. That's great. And and so when you're you know when you're in a deal and you're working it, you know, do you try to maximize the profits or are you trying to maximize the growth for the eventual exit, or is it somewhat of a balance? Uh, I don't really look at uh, when I do a deal and buying a business. Of in the back of my mind, I have an exit strategy. Um, of can, you know, how marketable will this business be in the future? But I go into it to buy a business, to grow it. And if I grow it and do the right things, all the other elements will take care of themselves. I'll be able to sell it at a, at a, obviously a higher valuation because I've grown the, uh, I've grown the bottom line. Um, hopefully I can get multiple expansion because I've grown the business to a larger point. And you can get a higher multiple for businesses that make more money than, than than less. But going into it, I think it's a mistake to go into buying a business with the idea that you're going to unwind it in two years or five years or whatever. I think you really have to focus on the business. Can you grow it? Does it have the qualities that you look for? And then if, the, if that's the case and you're successful with it, all those other factors upon sale will take care of themselves. That's great. And you talked about valuation a little bit, and that's absolutely right. I've preached that, that the quality and quantity of the earnings drive multiples. So as the quality of earnings, i.e. recurring, that's, you know, that's very high quality. And then the quantity, as things get toward a million dollars, the multiples go up and you seem to do a good job with that. So how price sensitive are you going into it or are other factors more important than price? Yeah, I'm, I'm really not focused. Uh, on price, I'm really focused on the ability to grow. So I've bought businesses, one business that you guys helped me uh, secure back in at the end of 2011. Uh, we paid what most people would consider a rich valuation uh, or multiple of earnings back then. But after we grew the business, uh, in retrospect, we ended up paying very little for the company. So 
I would not get so focused on what multiple of earnings you're paying today. Think about what will it look like three years out, five years out, if, and the question is, if you can grow the business. Because if you can grow the business, whatever you pay today will be very inexpensive relative to where you could sell it at that moment. So um, I, price is certainly important from a, you know, getting financing standpoint. You can't be wildly overvalued. Otherwise, you won't get any kind of financing if you're looking to go that route. And, uh, of course, I'm price sensitive. But the most important thing to me is, you know, can I grow the enterprise? That's the most important thing. And do I have visibility in growing it? If I don't, it doesn't have that, then I tend to take a pass. That's great advice. And, and so you've been doing this obviously for a little while and, and, you know, Tom and I, uh, who you work with here at Transworld talked about that. We're surprised that a lot more people aren't doing this, but do you see the opportunity for young people, especially millennials who seem to be not satisfied kind of working in one place? Is this an opportunity for other people to do this? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, this isn't, I mean, to me, this isn't, terribly complicated stuff. Um, I think the most important thing, um, you know, you have to have a lot of confidence in your abilities and then you have to execute, you know, uh, a lot of people talk a great game out there, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to execute and grow the company and manage it accordingly and be able to hire people and so forth. So for, for people that have not been in business for themselves, I know it can be a daunting task. I have a lot of friends who, who have not been in their own business who have told me they want to get into their own business. But, you know, at the, you, know you have to have that confidence and the, in the, self, uh, you know, the, the self-belief that you can make it happen. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that people fear is they, they're worried that they're going to fail. Um, if you're going to worry you're going to fail, then you are going to fail. So uh, that would be the one thing that I would encourage any young person to to draw on is think about what you can do, not what you're going to do. That's great advice. And I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, Jason, so much for coming on today. I think it's great advice for people. I think you're a very hard worker on top of all that. So I think that helps as well. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Good chatting with you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back. And we're here with Listing of the Week. And we have Robert Curtis from Transworld of Center City, Philadelphia, and uh, with the city of brotherly love. And we're really happy to have you on. And we're here to talk about a lovely uh, deal of the week. I Excuse me, Listing of the Week. It's a great Listing of the Week. And... Uh, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, company that uh, someone can buy and really expand? Well, sure. And I am hoping it will be a deal of the week pretty soon. Um, this is a, uh, a niche gift uh, registry and retail store that started about 25 years ago in Center City. They've uh, built a wonderful reputation in the city. Uh, then about 17 years ago, they started an online presence. Uh, at this point, about 50% of the business is retail, 50% is from the online. And they have a, an excellent national reputation uh, in their online presence. 
where I see the strength and the future of the business is um, there's always an expense with a retail establishment, uh, the rent, the staffing, uh, uh, the maintaining of, uh, of stock or inventory. Uh, but with the online, a lot of it is drop shipping. You don't have those expenses. And because it is a niche business, there's a lot of room for expansion and they can uh, strongly compete against uh, the mass retailers like the Amazons, the Evines, uh, even the, you know, the Ebays and, and the rest. Um, it's not that difficult uh, a business to learn. The real, um, the essence of it is the buying. Uh, somebody who has an interest in finding what's the next new thing, uh, what's something of interest to the uh, the kind of customers that uh, this website attracts? So I, I think uh, if somebody locally wants to buy it, they can certainly operate the retail and the online. Uh, if somebody uh, you know in rural Utah wants to buy it, they can grow that uh, that online segment. Yeah, make an excellent business. Sounds good. So yes, it is. So tell me the particulars of the deal that they're looking for. Well, right now, uh, we have it at uh, $200,000 is the asking price, uh, a down payment of $90,000, and the uh, seller will finance the rest over uh, three years. Uh, discretionary earnings right now are uh, 94300 a year, uh, and last year's total sales was 365000 Okay. Sounds like a nice little deal for someone. Yes, it is. Hey, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can call me at 267-335-7835 or R. Curtis, that's R-C-U-R-T-I-S-S at tworld.com. That's great. Thanks, Robert. I, I really appreciate you coming out. Excellent. Good talking to you, Andy. Take care. Hey, we're back. And I want to welcome a very special guest, longtime partner, Tom Jones, who's been with the company for 25 years. He's cringing because uh, it's been a long time. We're, we, I think we stopped counting. But Tom is an expert in the business. He's worked with thousands of buyers and sellers over the years. And he has some people that have bought from him multiple times and that's today's subject. You know, we're talking about people who buy and flip or flippers or people who buy, hold, and then sell businesses. And so we just want to kind of dive into the subject a little bit and talk to like one of the preeminent experts in the country. So Tom, you know, number one, welcome. And, you know, first off, you know, are flippers different than other buyers, you know, and how? Well, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share in the show with you and share some of the knowledge and experience I've had over the years. Uh, to answer your question, I, I, I think flippers are, uh, are different from other buyers. They have different types of uh, goals and objectives. Typically what I've found is, uh, you know, flippers tend to be more of a professional and experienced and savvy buyer. They've been through the process before. They know how to, uh, you know, how to uh, identify weaknesses and correct them. They know, also know how to identify uh, you know, potential in a business and they know how to exploit that and grow a business. Flippers tend to have a little shorter horizon than a typical buyer. They, they typically want to be in and out of a deal and make a profit and move on to the next uh, opportunity. Typically, I see them get, in, get involved in the deal, 
they might hold for maybe two years, possibly as long as four or five. Um, but they want to build value and they want to build it immediately and they want to see a return on their efforts in a pretty short period of time. Um, and flippers tend to be, you know, pretty well capitalized and they have more, they have a very reliable uh, source of funding. So they're able to get deals done and convince sellers to, uh, you know, to go with them in a very competitive, uh, you know, situation they might find themselves in. That's great. That's a great introduction to the subject. So, you know, a lot of times we see people that come to approach us as buyers and they're so focused on buying the right industry and, or, you know, they're focused on earnings. Do you find them to be that focused on one or the other or, you know, which one are they more focused on, you know, what they're buying or the numbers? You know, that's a great question, Andy. And, uh, you know, what I've found over the years is, uh, is that people that are buying and selling businesses with a short, uh, with a short time frame in mind, um, typically they're, they're not looking for any particular type or size business. The opportunities exist in virtually any type or size, large or small, doesn't really matter. But what they're looking for is they're looking for earnings. And then more importantly, they're looking for businesses that uh, have the potential to grow earnings and thus grow the value. Um, I, I also find that uh, flippers tend to be uh, attracted to businesses that have been neglected, uh, maybe the seller has uh, has reached uh, limits of their of their skill level, or maybe they've been hamstrung by being undercapitalized, and therefore the business hasn't really reached its highest potential. And they see the opportunity to to grow it pretty quickly. You talked a little bit about how long they hold the business for, and you said it's not for a long time. But you know, in years, what's that usually? Typically, I see uh, I see a um, you know this type of buyer. Usually their, their intention is to hold a business for maybe two, two years at, uh, um, at the minimum and possibly up to five years. Again, you know, they have to be able to find the right opportunity, um, you know, execute on a plan to, to build infrastructure, build revenues, profitability, create value and be able to, uh, then capitalize on that, uh, on that effort. Great. So, when they get to that decision to sell, is it usually quick or is it, you know, are they, or, or do they get fearful of the economy or what, what usually drives them to sell? These type of buyers, they don't, like a lot of other business owners, they don't get emotionally attached to their business. You know, they approach from day one, their, their approach is to look at this, uh, to, to always consider the end game. You know, when, when they're actually looking for the right business opportunity they're also always keeping in mind what the end game may look like. How are they going to be able to grow revenues, uh, grow profitability, grow margins, and and create a better uh, business out of it for the intent, obviously, to, to then sell it for, for a profit. Yeah. And so with that, you know, like, listen, there's tons of opportunity, tons of businesses for sale. And I think that's only going to increase, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I'm surprised there's not more people out there that are doing this. Are you? You know, that's a good question. I I do. I you know, I I'm, I'm really surprised there aren't more more of these type of buyers out there because there are so many opportunities. We, you know, you and I run into them all the time. Um, you know, business owners that they have a nice business concept, 
but they just they're either undercapitalized or they they just haven't been able to uh, you know address the the internal issues in the company. They haven't been able to basically break through you know the glass ceiling and get to another level in the business. Um, sometimes they're undercapitalized. Sometimes they just don't have the ability to do it, and but yet they have a good product, they have a good service. You know, and a buyer can bring additional experience, and you know they can really uh, they can really turn what is really an underperforming business into something that's exceptional. Yeah, so that that does sum that up. I mean, I think there's plenty of opportunity. So let's talk about that. So what do you think the future holds? I mean, the economy is kind of hot right now, and baby boomers are getting old. What do you think the opportunity is? Is there room for more people like this? Well, I think there's a tremendous opportunity in the next, uh, you know, two to five years. And, and, you know, with the baby boomers uh, retiring and exiting their businesses, a lot of them have become complacent over the years. They get very comfortable with their, uh, with the income they're earning. Um, you know, they, they're not looking to grow their business in the last, uh, you know, five years or so. And um, there's a lot of opportunity for younger, more ambitious, motivated, and savvy people to uh, to take advantage of these situations, buy these companies, grow them, and, and sell them. That's great, Tom. So thanks for coming on today. You handled the subject very well. Hey, how can people get in touch with you if they want to become one of your clients? Thanks, Andy. I can be reached uh, direct on my at my office at uh, seven five four. 224-3111. If anybody has any questions or they need any help with anything, be more than um, more than happy to help. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Mom, Dad, you should shop Amazon for back to school and save some money. See, I'm currently obsessed with superheroes and need all the superhero stuff. Superhero lunchbox, superhero backpack. But next year, it'll be something else. Maybe dinosaurs? I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. But I can tell you not to spend a fortune and shop low prices for school on Amazon. Okay. Good chat. Amazon. Spend less, smile more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.